Hello everybody, this is the last sermon in our series looking at the book of Galatians. So this is based on Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 to 18. We are living in a historic moment. Never in my lifetime have people's lives changed so unexpectedly and so dramatically. The coronavirus has utterly uprooted the moorings that we tied our life upon. Up to a few weeks ago, the dominant reality of our life was Western consumerism and convenience. We decided what we wanted, and we went out and got it. We filled our life with entertainment. Our mood was set by celebrities in the media and the football results at the weekend. We thought of ourselves as strong and independent, makers of our own destiny. The goal of life was pleasure. Now everything is different. Our full attention is on the daily briefings of the government. Scientists determine the activity of our days. There is no sport or meals out. Even EastEnders has stopped filming. We're not independent at all. We rely on the NHS and those who deliver food to our doors. The dominant reality of our lives now is the coronavirus and the goal is survival. When a great shift like this happens, two things become very apparent. The things that matter and the things that don't. Let us think about those things that the coronavirus has shown us do not matter at all. First, there are the things in our lives that are just for appearances sake. Those things that are just for show. Fashion shops are shut. Food shops are open. Flashing billboards have been replaced by posters with government health advice. Hairdressers, nail bars, beauty salons, spas, all closed and replaced by one act of physical exercise a day. Anything that was solely focused on how we look on the outside has been replaced by concerns of how to look after the health of our insides. The flippant and the flamboyant are now meaningless. Second, we now know that self-importance does not matter and neither do all the things that lead to boasting. We're no longer worried about promotion at work. We're worried about being paid at all. We're not sending Facebook messages with inane pictures of our breakfast. We're telling our loved ones we're still okay. We're not bragging in the pub or revving turbo engines in the street because pubs are shut and there's no one about. All vanity is gone. We all have to wash hands like mad, cough into our elbows and stay two metres apart. No one can boast in that position. And third, the coronavirus has shown us that issues that are divisive do not matter either. Have you noticed that since the start of this crisis, not one person has mentioned Brexit? That would have been unthinkable last year. Things that work to divide do not matter at all at a time like this. We are relying on Europe and they are relying on us as the whole world battles this virus together. These three things then, things just for show, 
self-importance and issues that are divisive, they just do not matter in this new time of life. So what does matter? The coronavirus has shown us that what matters is what we believe about God and how we treat one another. With thousands dying unexpectedly, what we believe about life and death matters. Those questions that most of our island community conveniently ignore, the questions they keep pushing to the back of their minds, can be held back no longer. Day by day, humans are realising that they are weak and vulnerable. Death awaits us all, and we all need some form of answer to it. And when so many people are suffering, what matters is how we look after one another, particularly in times of a contagious disease. Jeremy Corbyn summed it up brilliantly this week when he said, Suddenly we are realising that we are only as healthy as the safety of our neighbour. We are only as healthy as the safety of our neighbour. What matters in these times is community, responsibility, duty and care to one another. A love for neighbour as our foremost priority. This is a dramatic shift of values, from the God-denying to the God-seeking, from the selfish to the selfless. And all this has taken place in a matter of days. This is what happens when the dominant reality of our life changes. As we have been reading the letter to the Galatians, we have found Paul preaching about another historic, world-changing moment. We find him doing it again in verse 14 and 15 of our reading. Paul has been preaching the cross of Christ and the new creation that began with his resurrection. At the cross and empty tomb, everything changed in an instant. Forgiveness was now available to all. Evil, sin and shame, death, devil and hell had all been defeated. Life had come. Resurrection life, eternal life, life in all its fullness. God's new creation had begun in the risen body of Jesus and it will come in full when he returns to this earth and the new heavens and new earth begin. Nothing is the same anymore. Paul says in verse 14, it was as if the world itself was put to death in that moment, the old crucified with Christ and replaced with the new. I actually think Paul would have been a little upset with my opening illustration. He would have jumped up and said, yes, the coronavirus is dominating our attention at the moment, but it's not the dominant reality. The dominant reality to the world is the risen Lord Jesus, reigning as king over all the earth and one day coming back to claim what is his own. It's not the coronavirus, no matter how troubling it is. We should all want to say a big amen to that. We get the idea. Paul has announced to the Galatians that the world has changed forever. So, therefore, must their view of it. 
Paul is now going to help them with this. Paul in this chapter goes on to do what I tried in my introduction. He starts to list the things that just do not matter anymore. And we find that they are along the same lines. Paul says that things just for appearance's sake, things just for show, do not matter anymore. The number one of these being circumcision. This is verse 12. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. It doesn't matter what you look like on the outside anymore. It doesn't matter what marks we make to our bodies, what bits we cut off. What God cares about is on the inside. He knows whether we're seeking to follow him, if we worship him with integrity, if we're trying to live the life of faith. We can put on all the show we like. We can flounce around carrying a big Bible under our arms, dress up for church, play the pious Christian so all Isla think we're holy Joes. But all of that is meaningless. Jesus is risen and reigning. He sees through to our hearts. He's not looking on the outside. He's looking for faithfulness on the inside. The only marks on our bodies that will carry any weight whatsoever with God are those we have suffered as wounds when out serving him. Just like those Paul mentions in verse 17. Paul then goes further to say that self-importance and those things that lead to boasting do not matter either. Listen again to verses 13 to 14. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the context. The new Galatian converts were being pressurised by Jewish nationalists to get circumcised and start living like Jews. Paul says the nationalists are doing this so they can return to Israel and boast about how zealous they are, how patriotic they are for their nation. Paul says this is meaningless. No human being can boast. We are all sinners. We are all worthy of death. The only thing, the only thing we have to boast about is that in his incredible mercy, Jesus Christ decided to come and give his life up for us on the cross. Without that, we have nothing. We cannot earn God's favour. We cannot merit it. We cannot be holy enough, patriotic enough. There is nothing we can do that would be worthy of boasting. We all just have to throw ourselves on God's mercy and thank Christ for his glorious sacrifice. And third, Paul says that in this new age after the cross and resurrection, those things that make for division between God's people are also rendered meaningless. The Galatian converts are being dragged away to become Jews as if somehow Jewish Christians are a higher classification in God's family than Gentile ones. Paul has argued throughout this letter that that is nonsense. 
God is building one universal family where all are brothers and sisters together. Jews and Gentiles, slave and free, male and female, all are one in Christ. In verses 15 to 16 he says, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. Paul uses the term Israel very specifically in this verse. He is arguing that now both the circumcised and the uncircumcised are God's Israel. Now Jewish and Gentile Christians are God's Israel. In the death of Christ, God has made the two people groups one. There is no room for division anymore. So in the same way that the coronavirus has shown us that things just for show, self-importance and divisive issues just do not matter, so too the death and resurrection of Jesus has shown the same. Outward appearances no longer matter. God looks at the heart. Boastful self-importance does not matter. We all rely on the mercy of Jesus. Division between Jew and Gentile no longer matters. We are all one in Christ. Everything has changed. And these markers of the old way of life have been swept away for good. For those of us who have been following through this letter to the Galatians, this is all one final summary of all that we've been looking at over the last few weeks in this wonderful letter. So we have covered what does not matter now that the world has changed, but I want to finish with the positive. I want to end this great letter by us hearing Paul state what does matter for our living in light of Christ. We find these in verses 1 to 10 of this chapter. And again, there is a clear parallel with what is mattering to us now during the coronavirus. What matters is what we believe about God and how we treat one another. In these verses, Paul speaks about watching ourselves in verse 1 and one day reaping the harvest we have sown, even eternal life in verses 9 to 10. Paul is alluding to the fact that what matters now for believers is that they know that one day the risen Christ will return. On that day, there will be a judgment. On that day, there will be a vindication for those who have held on to faith. On that day, eternal life will be realised. On that day, there will be a harvest of all those who've come to faith because believers have gone out and preached and lived the gospel. It matters. It truly matters what we believe about God. Jesus has died, risen and ascended. Now he reigns in heaven as King of Kings and one day he is coming back to restore all things and to bring his kingdom in full. This matters. This answers those questions about life and death that so many of us are asking in these difficult days. And the message is one of glorious good news. That is, of course, if we hold on to faith. If we hold on to faith. 
These closing verses of Paul's letter to the Galatians emphasize again the scale of the pressure that the believers were coming under. There is talk of persecution. There is talk of marks on Paul's body caused by the beatings he has received for preaching the gospel. Indeed, it's because of the persecution that some Galatians are getting circumcised, because then they can just hide away amongst the Jews who were treated far better by the Romans than the Christians were at that time. You see, the risen Christ is coming back one day, but there will be persecution until he does. And the believers are going to need each other to be able to hold on. We're back to Jeremy Corbyn's comment from this week, that we are only as healthy as the safety of our neighbour. Paul's instruction in these verses then are all geared to building community. The Galatian converts have to look after one another. They have to stand strong together against the onslaught. They must not on any grounds turn away from Christ and they will need each other to keep together when they're tempted on the wrong path. What does the tight-knit community that Paul envisages here do for one another? In verse 1, they hold their brothers and sisters to account. They deal with sin by gently pointing it out, asking for confession and then fully reconciling when it comes. In verse 2, they carry one another's burdens, the strong supporting the weak, because we're all weak at times. In verse 3 to 5, each member of the community is to take responsibility for themselves. They're to live carefully and dutifully around their brothers and sisters, so they only build the community rather than damage it. In verse 6, they are to give of their own resources to fund the ministry and enable gospel work to take place. In verses 7 to 10, they are to do good in word and deed, sharing the faith with all those around them. You see, Paul says, this is what matters. What matters is being church together standing together, holding each other up, and together maintaining your witness for Christ into the world, even when all the powers that be are railing against you trying to get you to stop. Even in persecution, you are to tell the world that the dominant reality has changed. The world is not ruled by Caesar. It's not ruled by idols or pagan gods. It's not controlled by high priests or druids, politicians or emperors. The world is ruled by Christ. The crucified, risen and ascended, reigning and returning Christ. This is the new reality. This is the dominant reality that we are to live in light of. I wonder how we have found this tour through Galatians. I wonder what are the key lessons we have learned. I wonder how we are now going to live differently. It is appropriate that this letter that has spelt out nothing short of a divine revolution has been read at a time of such upheaval for us. We all now need to decide what is the dominant reality of our lives. 
Is it Western consumerism or is it faith? Is it fear of the virus or is it hope in Christ? And as we make that decision to trust God again, we need to follow it by deciding what matters in our life and what doesn't. We need to shelve the flippant and inconsequential, the arrogant and the boastful, the divisive and the polarising. And we need to take up the community of God's people and start living to love God and love our neighbours as ourselves. In this way, may God's good news go out from us here and may people believe it. Let us finish with words that Paul uses to close his letter in verse 18. They sum it up, really. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen.